0: Hey everybody, it's Tony, your host here. Just want to invite you to head on over to tonyfletcher.substack.com and subscribe, if you will, so that you can get yourself a weekly newsletter full of news about this podcast, my other podcast, a Substack-only subscribers podcast that's launching in december 2023 and you'll get additional show notes for this episode and other episodes complete with pictures links and even video and music if need be that's tonyfletcher.substack.com and now on with the show hey, you. and welcome to episode 21 of one step beyond a show about positively engaging with the world outside our door And on this episode, I'm going to focus very much on that tagline rather than the other one I often use for this show. Step outside your comfort zone and enrich your life. Not because I suddenly don't agree with that phrase, because I do. But because much as I've enjoyed doing this show and much as I hope you've enjoyed listening to some pretty incredible stories from people who've taken on some pretty amazing adventures. There's also an every man, every woman aspect of the outdoors that I want to promote here. We've done a lot here about travel and people who've made some rather special journeys. We've also done stories on people who've undergone some incredibly challenging physical adventures, about people who've changed countries, started companies, become volunteers and fulfilled life ambitions. All of that is wonderful. But what I want to do today is strip things back and keep it not just simple, but applicable. We are still in the middle of this pandemic, adventurous long distance travel remains far off for many of us, even if we discuss it frequently, and we're constantly deluged with bad news. I'm always trying to promote the idea that there's a beautiful world out there, so for today's shorter than usual episode, I'm going to take you on a little journey out, into and up that beautiful world. I really wanted to get away from the long distance remote interviews just for an episode or so and back into what I called the field with my trusty Zoom H2N recorder that proved so reliable on the trek up Mount Kilimanjaro. And so I went on a winter day's hike. I didn't achieve anything that nobody else has achieved even that same day. I didn't take anybody with me on the adventure for an interview though I did meet a couple of nice Chrises along the way. No, this is just a peaceful episode about a peaceful day out. A hopefully uplifting story to elevate your mood if you are suffering from the Northern Hemisphere's pandemic winter blues. I've tried to edit what follows so that it speaks for itself and doesn't need interjections from me along the way. There's a couple of qualifiers and caveats and maybe elaborations I do need to add at the end but I think all I need to say up front is what some of you may know if you've listened regularly or you know me personally. I live at the gateway to New York's Catskill Mountains, which I consider my playground. And I'm not the only one. In what seem to be record numbers right now, People run these mountains, they ski these mountains, they bike some of these mountains, they camp out in these mountains, they forage in these mountains. At times they're allowed to hunt in these mountains. But more than anything, they hike these mountains. And so, on a Sunday in late January, taking on a specific peak for the first time as part of my very, very long-term plan to merit myself a Catskill 3500 Club Badge, I did likewise. And with that, I'd like to invite you, as ever, to lean forward or step back and prepare to go. Well, maybe not one step beyond this time, but let's play the theme music anyway. One step beyond! It's Sunday, January 24th, and I've just arrived at the base of Hawcott Mountain. It is one of these picture-perfect bluebird days that you dream of. The sky is completely clear blue. There's snow everywhere on the ground, but not on the roads. It's a blinding day. It's also really cold way below freezing. I'm reading 19 degrees Fahrenheit here. Going to pause so I can interject the centigrade, the Celsius in the show. Minus seven all you centigrade fans. And I chose to come for a bushwhack and it's evidence of just how popular the Catskills are these days. Just relentlessly popular that this car park is jammed full. Now this is a bushwhack meaning Typically, you would have to find your own way to the top of the mountain, as we did with episode 15, with, I think it was 15, with um Ken Posner, the whole thing on Diogenes and minimal natural navigation. Uh Today, I imagine I'm just going to need to follow in people's uh, tracks. There's so many tracks here. That said... It is one of the Catskill 3500 foot peaks. I am looking to tick them off and I admire people who've set out to do a bushwhack today and I'm going to just enjoy myself and make the most of it. You know, 3.7 miles round trip, especially getting a late start. I think that sounds doable. doesn't sound too complicated. I spent a lot of time this morning packing stuff I'm probably not going to need, though you never know. So based on talking to other people here, At the trailhead this is so incredibly well packed down I've decided to travel very very light I am leaving both the snowshoes and the poles in the car generally I'm not somebody who really needs poles Uh, when I did a couple of hikes with Ken including one of them in the snow we found we were fine without there's something to them especially if you're going slower I think I'm going to be alright so I put the micro spikes on my Innovate hiking boots hiking boots I don't generally love but I've decided to wear them today I guess it makes sense to do something well packed down I would like to believe I could cover some of the other peaks that I've got a bit more experience now but I've got to be honest today (laughs) today it doesn't it actually almost looks easier (laughs) to follow this packed down trail that I'm covering right now than sometimes when you're on a regular mountain trail in the spring or the fall when there aren't so many hikers maybe and you're on one of the less traveled routes and especially when you're running and you can't see the markers and frequently come off trail as a result I think it's going to be quite hard to come off trail today Either we're all going to be headed up the wrong mountain or we're all going to be headed up the right mountain. (laughs) So now I'm about maybe 20 minutes in and you can hear the silence, right? Just have a listen. I guess this is why people come out. It's absolutely silent. I stopped here for a moment to take off my jacket. There's always this thing, of course. It's only sub 20 degrees Fahrenheit. I needed to dress warm standing still I'm starting to get cold again but I was working up too much of a sweat coming up here and I have this one top that is really warm so warm it's a fake fleece it's so warm that inevitably it doesn't take much for me to sweat in it it's a bit of a mixed blessing to be honest I've taken off a lightweight down jacket with fake, again fake down, down which can roll up into its little bag and yeah that's just an inevitable thing of the hike even in winter and very cold temperatures going uphill you're going to work up some kind of internal heat shortly after i set off i met a group of about five older people put them about 70 or so which is always lovely to see they were coming down with snowshoes on i asked them about that And they did say you know snowshoes are a courtesy but they also said hey you know what it's well packed down and when you come back down in the steeper sections you might be glad just to have your micro spikes for more grip when i come out on long treks like this i always load up my phone with podcasts and sometimes i like to have a real juxtaposition And today, I'm listening to a podcast called When in Spain, which I may have mentioned before. He's got an episode on Sevilla. Sevilla! Sevilla! God, I've got to get that double L pronunciation right. Sevilla. And that's Seville to you and me. A place I went five years ago this month, briefly, and his guest is a guide there who talks about the need for slow travel who says there's no such thing as sustainable travel which is true I mean yeah, by travelling you are putting stress on the environment by climbing Catskill Peak you are putting stress on the environment I totally understand the notion of slowing the hell down and as she suggests getting out into rural areas really working to get off the beaten path I think there's a lot to be said for that for sure and uh, the beaten path (laughs) getting off the beaten path seems (laughs) I actually just came out and said that but it seems extremely ironic right now because I'm on a well beaten path whereby I think a lot of people are coming out here to get off the beaten path and they're finding themselves on a very well beaten path which is this beautiful snowy trail up Halcott. So now I'm about 40 minutes and a little over a mile in. Often you would do one mile an hour on a bushwhack and that's per Ken Posner who's no slouch. That tells you how much the track has been Tampered down here or tamped down. That said, I am just making the point. I'm just reaching the point where this thing turns uphill pretty severely. I gather there's an enormous climb in well under a mile, and I can see a couple of people who set off ahead of me, uh, taking it very slowly. Also, the way I'm now angling into the sun as I'm turning, I guess I'm turning a little more southwest. You and the sun is ahead of me, which is good but it's also very, very low in the sky compared to, you know, there's a ridge up ahead of me of some kind, of summit. So I'm now in the shade, and that affects the temperature very, very quickly. I haven't put my jacket back on. I imagine I'm going to sweat a lot climbing up here. Okay, I'm not going to lie, and if you can hear my heartbeat, or if you could hear my heartbeat, you would know I'm not. That was a very steep section. It felt straight up. It's the kind of thing that in spring, summer, fall, you just kind of get your foothold on the rocks and the ground and pull yourself up. But with the amount of snow, that was hard work. And it was all... I don't know if the snowshoes would have made a difference. I decided to try and do it without the poles. And I succeeded. But I was literally level on the ground for some of it nice thing you know i met a couple coming down younger couple and we would record was recording the guy was like what a beautiful day isn't it just the greatest and it is he really is it's also a workout after another short steep climb i've arrived on what i take to be the ridge here and i have saved the instructions on my phone the directions particularly going by book I have about Catskill Hikes rather than just somebody on all trails. And it says once you reach the ridge, you're going to be going either south or southwest, depending where you have kind of reached that ridge. The sun is right ahead of me as I record this on the trail, which would suggest I'm heading pretty much due south. And I don't really need to look at the instructions here. I'm obviously just following a well-trodden trail. But my sense is that I have a little ways to go. Um, I've made good distance and i think it's the best part of two miles to the summit i'm pretty sure i'm about three quarters of the way there so maybe about half a mile up here on the ridge i I can take pictures and i can share them in the show notes and on social media but you have to be here well you know what this is it already all of 1.6 miles and i'm at the summit i'm not sure it's taken me much more than an hour to do this hey guys Pretty straightforward hike, huh? Yeah, yeah. I th- I'm really glad we came up that way. I just started feeling like maybe did I miss the <laughs> snowshoe memo? I was like, oh, maybe. But it was real, it was pretty hard getting up that steep part. Yes. I, I was pretty much on the ground. Yeah. Isn't it. isn't it was, I think that probably was one of the highlights of the of the day, though, right? I got my heart rate up. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> we were saying that ourselves. Yeah, it was at yeah. 165. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah. I didn't I didn't mention. Are you going down the? Um, uh, taking the loop around. That's it? what we're gonna try. I don't, you know, know if I totally trust where we're going, but we're gonna, we'll, we'll you know, if we have to, we'll circle. We'll circle yeah, back. my my sense is that that might be snowshoe territory because I just don't think so many people are coming up it. But, you know, I might follow you a bit and do All the right. same. Do the same thing. Feel All it right? out. Yeah. Yeah, feel it out. I mean, it's meant to come back down and around to the road, right? Yep. yep. Yeah. And if it doesn't, we're heading back this way. Yeah, I will Figure, You doing. know, whether we're. Let we'll me see. That was such a quick climb. Huh? Exactly. We're, we're uh, what do it? We? We're a m- mile point one point six in. That's so. what I've got. How long? How long did it take you though? Like? Hour and twenty. Yeah, so I was about the same, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> you you collecting the set? Yeah. What are you up to? Um, I have six more to go. Um, I have boy, I got like 15, 20 more to go. Yeah. He, I, he lives closer. It's about right. a four-hour drive for me to get here. Oh, yeah. Did you ever get to do Double Top and Graham? No, unfortunately not. So that's it? Yeah, so uh, I'll have to do the South uh, Graham and uh, West, wherever that ridge have is. Have they announced it already? Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. They have, okay. Yeah. All right. No, I never got to do them either. Yeah. We're winter 46ers, We're yeah, okay. We're, okay. Yeah. we got a good chunk of, chunk of the Northeast 115. Yeah, we'll oh, well, we'll we'll it's it, You know, It's a lifelong adventure, right? It you is. Might, you might drop off a mountain and what? drop dead and not get them. Taken care of, but you don't ha- you know, it's not like. I won't know that. You won't know it. <laughs> hey, did you finish the 115? Year. I don't know. I died on number, <laughs> number 101. <laughs> What's your name? Tony. Tony, Tony Chris. Good yeah. to meet you. Chris, Good. Good. Andrew, Chris Collins.
1: Fantastic. All right. All, All right, Tony. All right. Great stuff, guys.
0: Thank you. Sure. So I need to say that. Easy as that was and pleasant as it was talking up top. And nicer it was taking pictures with my camera and a panorama picture. My liner gloves are not the warmest. I discovered that out skiing this week. My hands are turning into blocks of ice. So I'm going to head back down and put these gloves back on. Now, I don't know whether you heard Chris and Chris talk there. They wanted to go down the other way. There is a loop here, but very clearly... They went out in three directions where there was trail. They turned back from all three without snowshoes, even though they had poles. Without snowshoes, there's no way they're going to be able to do it. I think what's happened this year, this winter, this past week or two, where there's been a fair bit of snow on the mountain, is people have come up this route, they've packed it down, they've created a trail. And if you want to go the other way, you need to really know what you're doing. And the people who do might be one person a day, and it's going to get snowed over, blown over. Uh, I wouldn't want to do that without somebody like Ken Posner with me, to be honest. So I'm a good chunk of the way down, and some of it is very steep. This is uh, a very, very steep mountain for a small section. And on that note, (laughs) I've just come across ski tracks. It's uh, pretty phenomenal. Somebody has had a blast coming down here. They have found a line, and they have skied pretty perfectly down it. I don't know if they're downhill skis with skins, I don't know if they're cross-country skis, but they have clearly skied down. I'm pretty sure they've done it today. I didn't see these tracks on the way up, but they're just off from where my trail was, so somebody's found their own way down. Uh, You know, if you can do that, and I'm really only about downhill skiing on proper trails, uh, but if you can do that, wow, that looks like a joy. You've got to have the confidence. It's actually not too steep here, I mean, to be honest, I think my son could snowboard through this. Um, I really think he could. And there's just enough powder, like maybe a foot of powder, eight, 12 inches of powder. Um, Wow, it looks amazing. Well, There's a woman who just did all 39 peaks in 49 days this summer. I mean, this summer, listen to me. (laughs) This winter, she just completed them, and she brings her skis with her, and there are pictures of her with her skis on Giant Ledge. Um, How amazing that is. Uh, maybe that was her maybe she came out for a bonus uh, a bonus <laughs> bushwhack I'll take some pictures and we'll put them online so now I don't know if you can hear that sound but it's the sound of the waterfall that is here at the bottom of the trail to Holcott mountain it's listed in all the reading materials I had for this hike And of a normal time, I might be tempted to get a little closer. I was curious as to whether it had been completely frozen here at the bottom. I can definitely hear the sound of that running water and I can kind of see it. But given that uh, there was so much snow here, it doesn't make sense to go risking falling into the gully. It's a very steep drop-off. I may not even be able to get pictures. It doesn't look like many other people have tried it. Uh, Not sure I noticed it so much on the way up, and that might be because I was sort of panting maybe a little bit more, felt my heart rate going. Very interesting, something to recommend to anybody else going out on a winter hike to be aware of. You know, I was so warm when initially climbing uphill at sort of 11.30 to 12 o'clock that I took off my jacket, and I still felt pretty warm, and I went without my second gloves on for quite a while. Coming down, yeah, and the sun is not particularly any lower, but coming down feel a lot colder you know because you're coming downhill your heart rate's lower um you're not you're not working up that internal sweat from climbing you're not exerting yourself the same way and so your body temperature is is lower and my hands were getting really cold coming downhill and my face and my nose was running and uh, very very intriguing uh all, all of that is relevant to to doing a hike you know you need to bring enough layers and clothes and when I got to the top of the mountain I didn't have my jacket on and you know I've been glad to have it zipped up the whole way coming back downhill. Interestingly I must have been the penultimate person group coming up here Uh, the people who had uh, the dog that were parking up with me I met them I was about a quarter mile down off the peak when they were coming up so obviously they had been a lot slower than me not a surprise when you've got a group of six people or so and a dog you would expect them to be quite a bit slower Um, but they will be at some point coming down behind me, and I think that might be it for today. No reason somebody couldn't do this. It's only two to three hours, tops are to, you know, up and down, and it's not even uh, not even close to two o'clock yet, so it's, it's doable. But it's the peak of the day. I imagine the car park will be a lot emptier when I get down. Um, the ski tracks have carried on, and there was a point at which they looked incredibly fresh, like... Like, almost like, did I miss somebody skiing down the mountain? Like, like that fresh. Which I don't think I could have done... Unless they weren't interested in going to the canister... And God knows where they would have come from. So, maybe it was earlier today. That person had a lot of fun. It looked like they may have actually come on the trail for a little bit... And then picked up again. But I am curious. Maybe one day I will track down somebody who does this. Maybe that woman who's been skiing her 39 peaks this winter... And uh, do a story. Well, as if I didn't already know, I was right back down at the bottom. More or less. I just heard a car horn. Not a sound you hear often on Catskills roads, but... ...given how many cars were in this car park, and the fact that a lot of people are doing sort of U-turns to park... ...or get back out, perhaps not surprising. Ah, here's the waterfall. Alright, now we'll explain why there were some tracks off this way. I'm going to see... The water just running underneath the ice a little bit. Take a few pictures. If you're fortunate to have trails, mountains, anything on your doorstep, make the most of it. Because just getting away from the world for a couple of hours, even if, like me, you're listening to podcasts about other parts of the world, it's a relief. It really is. Getting out in nature is always great. Doing a climb, for me, is always particularly exhilarating. I enjoy hearing... And feeling the heart rate go up as I climb up, um, I love the sensation of reaching a summit, and I, I quite enjoy gravity pulling me back down. Even though sometimes, as on something as steep as this, it pulls me down a little faster than I might like. If you happen to have snowy mountains around you, all the better. Hopefully, the discussion about snowshoes and poles. and microspikes is of some use for you. As it turns out today, I only really needed the microspikes. I should have used poles on the steep parts, both up and down, and snowshoes may have helped with the coming down on the steepest parts, and even maybe going up on the steepest parts, snowshoes or poles. Sun is still pretty high in the sky. It's a gorgeous world. It's actually been a relatively good week in this crazy country of ours. This is a lovely way to end it. I'm hearing the sound of the waterfall, I'm looking at it, I'm going to take a few pictures of it, and I hope you've enjoyed taking this journey with me. Make the most of what you have on hand, and I'll see you out on the trails. I said up front that I would have a couple of clarifications and elaborations to offer, and I do and they go as follows. Number one is the older adage. Do as I say, not as I do. When you're out on a hike in winter and you know there's snow on the mountains, do bring your snowshoes. If it's a bushwhack and the snow gets deep up top, you'll be very glad to have them. Post-holing, the expression for when you stick your boots down deep into the virgin snow with every step, is tiring. Like really tiring. It will deplete your energy quicker than you can find ways to restore it. It will also make you sweat badly. And while on a bushwhack you don't have any special responsibility to leave a clear path for others, on a regular trail you most certainly do. In that situation, postholing makes the trail untenable for others trying to use it, which is all the more frustrating if those others are doing the right thing and using their snowshoes. Now, I chose not to bring mine on Halcott because I could see that others were doing likewise and it was evident that the trail had been thoroughly carved out, but it would not be appropriate for me to have done likewise on one of the dozens of blaze mountain trails in the Catskills after a fresh snowfall. In those circumstances, duty would have called for me to at least pack the snowshoes with me, whether or not I was going to use them. When it comes to poles, on the other hand, there's absolutely no requirement to bring them in winter, but I was the only person I saw on this hike who didn't use them. And that brings me to another main point. I found myself saying out loud how easy I found this climb. I shouldn't have done. It wasn't easy. No hike in the Catskills is easy, and this unofficial trail had a forbidding gradient. We ascended 1,700 feet in that 1.6 miles, about as steep as the Catskills get, It was only quote easy in terms of a what I had expected from the climb and that ease was certainly the result of finding a clear trail to the top rather than a proper bushwhack and b in comparison to my own other adventures and challenges. I really don't want to give the impression that very hard things are easy for me and that somehow makes me better than you And I particularly don't want to encourage you to think something is easy only to find that it's hard and come back and hunt me down for sport. And with that said, if you are in this area and want to further explore the Catskills in any season, you need to be aware that at 4,000 feet the conditions are always going to be cooler. And in winter, they're going to be significantly colder, snowier, icier and therefore dangerouser than they are down at the trailhead. One excellent resource you can use before setting off is Catskills Trails Conditions. It's a Facebook group that allows you to check in, see other people's ongoing reports, and to ask questions about what you should bring and what you should expect to face on any given trail on any given day. Hikers post energising reports and beautiful photos of their own trips. But don't be intimidated just because maybe somebody did more than you can do. This is not a competition. And it's in that vein that I have an update about the Catskill 3500 Club. You may have heard myself and the two Chrises talking about Double Top and Graham while we were up on the summit of Halcott. These always were two of the 35 Peaks one had to bag to earn one's 3500 Club badge, but doing so also required access in private property. In years gone by, that was never much of a problem, just a matter of asking permission of the owners. And the fact that these two mountains were tucked away in the northwestern edge of the Catskills kept the traffic down. But largely as a result of the pandemic and the current popularity of the Catskills, and perhaps in its own way because of the internet and the ease with which people can access information about hiking, vis a vis the Facebook group I just mentioned and promoted, the owners have felt utterly and totally overwhelmed this past year and perhaps at times disrespected too. And after decades, they've withdrawn their permission. Initially, the Catskill 3500 Club put in two substitute mountains, which you would have heard the Chris's reference. Because, hey, hikers have grown used to the convenient concept of 35 peaks over 3500 feet. But just as quickly, the 3500 Club has changed its mind. As of the spring solstice 2021, the Catskill 3500 Club will require you to bag only 33 peaks plus, of course, the four winter summits. They point out that they're called the 3500 Club, not the 35 Club, and that one of their 35 was only added back in 1990, so there's precedent for this decision. And they also say that, hey, the whole point of this bushwhacking business is for you to carve your own path. So find a peak of your own, regardless of height or renown. Map out your journey to the top, and have your own individual adventure. And I could not agree more. One Step Beyond is written, produced, and narrated by Tony Fletcher. Incidental music is by Noel Fletcher, unless otherwise stated. The theme song is by Madness, used with permission, and the logo is by Mark Lerner. Special thanks to Radio Kingston for airing these episodes and for supplying studio space when not under lockdown. If you like what you hear, please consider throwing us a tip via the Support This Show button on your phone or by visiting supporter.acast.com slash One Step Beyond, lowercase. You can also hit the subscribe button and or leave a positive rating and or review. It all helps. One Step Beyond is on social media, mainly on Instagram. Just search One Step Beyond with Tony Fletcher there, or on Facebook and Twitter, and we should come up straight away. To subscribe to a newsletter, to reach out via email, and especially if you're interested in sponsorship opportunities, the address is one step beyond at ijamming.net. One Step Beyond is available on just about every podcast platform known to man, and most likely a few that have yet to be discovered. Until next time, stay safe, stay healthy, and stay active.